and welcome to this podcast with me, Steve Griffiths. Today I want to think about a very small letter which we find at the end of the New Testament, 3 John. It's a very short letter from the Apostle John, but it's a really important part of the Bible because it teaches us how we learn by example and how our faith grows as we learn from other people. Whatever we do in life, we tend to learn by the example of others. It's in our DNA, of course, from birth through to death. We are constantly watching others and assessing our environment and learning how to be. It's no different spiritually, of course. Our greatest role model of all is Jesus Christ. But Jesus is not our only role model in the faith. We learn how to live the Christian faith by watching others and trying to emulate their deep spirituality in our lives. And of course, each one of us needs to remember that other people are watching us to see what difference being a Christian makes in our lives. And so each one of us are role models to others, whether we realise it or not. We all learn by example, and we are constantly searching for spiritual role models so that we can develop in our discipleship of Jesus. But the flip side of that coin is that occasionally we come across people who offer a poor example to follow. And sometimes we can pick up bad spiritual habits, unhelpful ways of doing things, unhelpful beliefs by what we're told and have seen in others. And in this letter written by John, both good examples and bad examples are addressed. And he focuses on three individuals. So let's have a look at these examples to us. Firstly, John introduces us to Gaius. Now we don't know anything about Gaius except what is written here. But as we might expect, there is some speculation. Three Gaiuses are mentioned in the New Testament. Gaius of Corinth, who hosted the Apostle Paul. Gaius of Macedonia, who was one of Paul's companions. And Gaius of Derbe, who accompanied Paul on his last missionary journey. We just don't know which of these John is talking about. But whoever this Gaius was, John obviously had a great love for him and considered him to be like a son. The greeting in verse 1 is quite different from most others in the New Testament because it's so short. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. When you think about how long the greetings of Paul and Peter are in their letters, this is really succinct. And there's a sense in which John offers us an example of Christian love here, what it means to love other people, because you'll notice he's concerned for the whole person. In verse 2 he says, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health just as it is with your soul. The phrase that John uses here is interesting because the word for go well with you is one that is often used in Greek to refer to public and social works, community activities if you like. And the reference to being in health suggests that perhaps Gaius had been suffering some sort of illness. And here's such an important thing to hold on to, that God loves us, body, mind and spirit. He's not only concerned for our eternal salvation, but he shows concern for every aspect of our lives, our work, our community engagement, who we are as individuals and, of course, our health. And if we are to reflect the love of God to others in our lives, we are to care for the whole person too, in our prayers, And just as much through our mission activities, we are to care for the needs of the whole person. Mission is not just about evangelism. It's a holistic approach to loving the whole person. So John has a deep interest in Gaius' health and prosperity. But not exclusively though, because in verse 3 he rejoices in the fact that Gaius walks in the truth. He rejoices that not only is Gaius physically healthy, he's spiritually healthy too. 
So in a sense, it's like a seesaw in our love for others, in our concern for them. We need to hold the two in tension. Physical needs and spiritual needs, they cannot be separated. And Gaius' own life reflected that too, because in the next few verses, we're told of Gaius' commitment to Christian missionaries, that he would care for them physically, offering them hospitality and food and money for their journeys, but also receiving them, as it says in verse 8, as co-workers in the truth, meeting them on a spiritual level. So the example of Gaius is that the wholeness of Christian love focuses on the whole person. And it's not enough for us just to pray for people's eternal salvation, but that we are to actively engage in social action that works for transformation of people's lives. As Christians, we are called to meet people in their practical needs and make an appropriate response to that. Secondly, John introduces us to Diotrephes, and this man is a different kettle of fish altogether because Diotrephes is a man of unhelpful spiritual habits. It seems that John had written to the church before about this issue. In verse 9 he says, I've written something to the church. And the phrase he uses for something indicates that it was not a major letter, but something short and perhaps not of huge importance. So I don't think we're talking here about a lost letter from John, but more like a note or a short instruction to the church that has been lost in the mists of time. And his problem, Diotrephes' problem, according to John, was his arrogance. In verse 9, John tells us that Diotrephes loves to be first. He loves to be considered the most important person of all. At the heart of Diotrephes' attitude, it seems, is that he thought he was always right, that he was doctrinally pure and everyone else was a heretic. So his way of dealing with others was to refuse to let them into his church. He didn't want other preachers to come in because their sermons wouldn't be doctrinally correct. He didn't want to be in fellowship with other churches because his church might be contaminated by them. He didn't want to welcome Christians into his home because they weren't as pure as he was. And in verse 9, we're told that he even banned Bishop John from visiting the church. Probably he felt threatened by John's authority and believed that letting John into the church would diminish him in the eyes of the congregation. There's something quite childish about Diotrephes because he lacks so much confidence in his own identity. He's so unsure of who he is that he ends up alienating others and getting locked into some sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. Perhaps we've all come across people in our churches who are constantly trying to show others how important they are, how wise they are, how learned they are and how much authority they have. These are people who often resort either to passive-aggressive behaviour or even outright bullying because they're so desperate for others to think of them as important. But actually, they lack self-awareness and even any deep sense of security in themselves. And perhaps, rather than being despised, they are to be pitied. Because they haven't really got a sense of what it means to be a child of God, free in Christ and created in the image of God. So how does John comment on Diotrephes' actions? Well, in verse 11, he says, Do not imitate what is evil. In pursuit of respect... In pursuit of wanting to look so important in the eyes of others, Diotrephes was undermining others and destroying the local church and causing division and bad feeling amongst the Christians. In John 17, Jesus prays in the garden before he dies. And he didn't pray that Christians would set themselves against each other in pursuit of doctrinal purity. His prayer was for Christian unity. Father, make them one, just as you and I are one. Most important of all is the pursuit of unity and love. 
And we must do everything we can to protect that and enhance that across the churches. So Gaius then is a good example of Christian love. Diotrephes is an example of unhelpful arrogance and divisive behaviour. And thirdly and finally, John introduces us to Demetrius, who had John's absolute respect. Now we don't really know who Demetrius was, but he's possibly the same man that we read of in Acts 19, the man who had made shrines in Artemis and had cut short Paul's ministry there. Well, if that is the same Demetrius and he had been converted, what a wonderful testimony to the power of God. One thing that is fairly likely, though, from the way that this is phrased is that Demetrius was probably the person who brought John's letter to the church uh, where it was first heard. Whether it was him or not, the one thing we do know about Demetrius is that his lifestyle was a wonderful example of Christian living. The way he lived his life spoke volumes about his faith. As John says in verse 12, everyone has testified favourably about Demetrius. He was renowned for his holiness. And John sets him up in contrast to the arrogant Diotrephes. We know the well-known phrase, actions speak louder than words. And that was true for both Diotrephes and Demetrius. But only one of them had the respect of the people and of Bishop John. So, in conclusion then, we see that this letter from John is very brief, it's simple and down to earth, there isn't a single direct reference to Christ, but it's a wonderful book of the Bible which teaches us a very simple and very profound Christian truth, that our lives are so often shaped by the people whose example we follow. Good examples like Gaius and Demetrius will lead us closer to God. Bad examples, like Diotrephes, will lead us into unhelpful and destructive ways of behaving. So the challenge which John lays before each one of us is to follow the example of godliness, which we see in the lives of so many people around us, which we read about in the pages of scripture. But most of all, we are to follow the example of Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth and the life. And we always need to remember that other people are watching us to see how being a Christian impacts us. We are to be an example to others, so we need to bear that in mind as we live out our own lives. So I hope that you found this a useful podcast. My prayer for you is that you will find good role models for your own walk with God and that your faith will flourish as you pursue a holy life. So I hope you have a good week and I look forward to being with you again soon. Bye.